Welcome to Words of Truth. I'm Mark Barrett. I first got a glimpse of my yet-to-be wife sitting in the audience of a church where I was an associate pastor. I can see it in my mind's eye now. She was sitting on my left, about the fourth row back, all by herself. In fact, I had to look twice, because at first I thought I was looking at an angel. (laughs) It's a long story, and I'm not going to bore you with the details, but after a while, we discovered that we liked each other and wanted to spend more time together. The only problem was that she lived in one city, and I lived in another one three hours from one another. So we made a lot of phone calls with occasional visits. Now, what was the value of all of those hours of the, on the phone and the occasional visits? Well, it was for the purpose of drawing closer to one another. You see, if we were going to get to know one another on a deeper level, it required that we talk and ask and answer questions and find out our likes and dislikes and our different personalities and our history and our dreams for the future. And you know, it's the same way for those who want to draw closer to God. I think there are Christians today who think that to be a Christian, you just need to attend a church, volunteer to help out in the kids' program, read your Bible on special occasions, (laughs) and they don't really think about how being a Christian means that we're in a love relationship with God, one that requires us spending time time together to know one another. It's in James chapter 4 that the apostle addresses the issue of how to draw closer to God. And I'm beginning with the assumption that if you're listening up until this point today, you want to draw closer to God. And if you don't see a need for that, then I'd say that maybe you're not really in love with God. Maybe you're in love with the idea of Christianity or the idea of knowing God, but you haven't really fallen in love with God yet. Your first step is to explore at a deeper level what it means to be a genuine follower of Christ. And once you've done that, I believe that you want to draw closer to him. And so for you, I encourage you to read through the Gospel of John, for it's in that book that you'll find a God who is reaching out to you by sending his son to to show his love by giving his life as a sacrifice for your sins. You'll meet a God who has such a great love for you that he didn't wait for you to come to him, but that he took the initiative to come to you. Now, in James chapter 4, James begins by discussing why there are wars between people and between nations. And when we get to James chapter 4 and verse 4, he starts talking about a war between man and God. The root cause of war is rebellion against God. You remember at the beginning of creation, you see a perfect harmony. And then sin came into the world, and it led to conflict and rebellion against God. In verse 4, James declares, Do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility towards God? 
Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. You see, friendship with the world means to be soiled by the world, which leads to loving the world, which makes it easy to conform to the world, with the result being that we're condemned with the world. Friendship with the world is compared to adultery because the believer is married to Christ, as it states in Romans chapter 7 and verse 4. Therefore, my brethren, you also were made to die to the law through the body of Christ so that you might be joined to another, to him who is raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit for God. And so since we're married to Christ, we're called to be faithful to him alone. You see, the world is the enemy of God. And whoever wishes to be a friend of the world cannot be a friend of God. The world is in conflict with God, and the result will always be war between God and the world and between God and our flesh. So what is the solution to this conflict, and how can we draw closer to God? Well, James goes on to give us three steps that we can pursue. In verse 7, he begins by saying, submit to God. Now, that word submit is a military term that means to get into the proper rank. You see, when a private acts like a general, well, there's going to be big trouble. So, unconditional surrender is the only way to complete victory. If we keep anything back from God, there will always be a battle. Paul exhorts us in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27, and do not give the devil an opportunity. You see, Satan needs a foothold in our lives if he's going to fight against God. And, if, and we have to give him that foothold. We do it by loving the world more than loving God. And the way to resist the devil is to, to submit to God. Remember the story after King David committed adultery with Bathsheba, killed her husband? He hid his sins for almost a year. And as a result, there was war between him and God. And the one who declared that war wasn't God, it was David. And David ended up paying a high price for his rebellion. But then, when David submitted to God, David experienced peace and joy. You see, submission is an act of the will. It is saying, not my will, but thine be done. The second thing we can do is to resist the devil. And verse 7 says, he will flee from you. Now, to resist literally means to take a stand against. <laughs> There's no middle ground in the Christian life. We're either under the lordship of Jesus Christ or under the lordship of Satan. And those who transfer their trust from Satan to God will find that Satan will flee from them. Why? Because he's a defeated foe. That's why. Now, I think there are a lot, there is a lot of confusion about what it means to resist the devil today. Some people think that to resist the devil means just saying a few really strong and assertive things to the devil and using Jesus' name as their authority, and that'll do the trick. The thing we need to understand 
is that no one can resist the devil in their own power, but it can only be accomplished in the power of God. You see, the same spirit that enabled Christ to be successful in warding off the devil in the wilderness has been given to every believer. As believers, we now are committed, commanded rather, to submit to the Lord by responding to the Spirit's work in our lives and by putting on the full armor of God that we're told about in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 20. One of those pieces of armor is the sword of the Spirit, which is the truth of God's Word. You see, God's Word protects us from Satan's lies and assaults on us. And so we must use the truth of God's word to resist the devil. And when we use the word as a weapon against the devil, well, he has to flee. Because the Bible says that he who lives in us is greater than he who lives in the world, the devil. The devil cowers and shrinks before the presence of Christ. He has to flee because Christ lives in us. But without the word as our weapon, we're absolutely powerless. And why? that's why the devil will pick on weak Christians who don't know the word of God. They're easy prey. Don't let that be the case for you. The third thing we can do is to humble ourselves. Verse 10 says, Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. Now, the Bible tells us not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. And Paul adds to that in Philippians 2 by describing the attitude of Christ when he said in verses 6 to 8, Although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And if you back up to verse 5, Paul says, Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. You and I are to have the same attitude of hum humility that Christ had. And it's when we take on an attitude of humility that God sees fit to exalt us. Verse 9 says, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name of which is above every name. Now, we're not going to be exalted like Christ was, but it's when we walk in humility like Christ did that God draws us closer to himself. And it's in him that we find our security and peace and joy. A lot of people today are trying to exalt themselves and lift themselves up. They demand their rights. They have a haughty attitude around other people, demanding respect. Some people will use the backs of others to get to a higher position in life or to in some way make themselves feel better about themselves. But if you want to know the true way to exaltation, it's through humility. Humility draws us close to God, and then we trust him to bring blessings into our lives. So do you want to draw closer to God? Then do these three things. Submit to God, resist the devil, and humble, humble yourself. 
And when you do these things, you'll draw close to God and he'll draw close to you. Thanks for listening today. See you next week.